we get to work and serve our kids and our community every day. You get to open that door and be the first person that student gets to see that day. And you get to, to say something, a, a greeting, a good morning, something to ensure that the rest of his day or her day is gonna go great as well. And when you make that connection, it's awesome. Their appearance is unmistakable. Their purpose, essential. The yellow school bus is a fixture in traffic patterns as far as the eye can see. Counting a traditional school day, field trips, sporting events, these workhorses of school districts far and wide along with those who drive them are as fundamental to education as the apple sitting on a teacher's desk. I'm D49 Director of Communications, David Nancaro. In this episode, D49 Chief Executive Officer Peter Hiltz welcomes Jack Petrello, our Director of Transportation. We'll dig into what keeps a fleet of buses on time and incident-free, plus why a firm focus on student success and safety are the top priorities of our driving force to education. Let's get to it. You're listening to 49 Voices, a D49 podcast. Spend some time with us as we take an in-depth look at how our workforce, students, families, and community make D49 the best choice to learn, work, and lead. These are our stories of dedication, innovation, and inspiration as we deliver excellence in education. And now, your host, Peter Hiltz. All right, folks, thank you for joining us again on our 49 Insider podcast, where we listen to the voice of our team. Today, I am really excited that we have our Director of Transportation, Jack Petrello. I will tell you, every time I wave at a school bus or see a school bus, I am impressed because I know how much goes back behind that. And in order to coordinate all of the work of our school bus drivers and routes and paraprofessionals and dispatchers, you need a really talented leader. And that's who we've got in Jack Petrello. So we're going to start out welcoming Jack. And I just want to know, how long have you been with District 49? Uh, thanks for the nice words anyway, Peter. Uh, thanks well, for that first. Um, I've been here for 15 years. I've been in school transportation for 24 years. Awesome. So um, you and I are kind of in, in that same grandpa generation. We grew up when there was three channels on TV and you walked home from school and played some baseball along the way. And I'm just wondering, when you were going through school and coming up as a young man, did you dream of getting into school transportation? Was that something that, that excited you? That's a funny question because it's uh, no no young person dreams of growing up to you know to be a transportation director. You know, it's just, it's just not something they they dream about. You know, everybody wants to be a fireman or a police officer or a doctor or a lawyer or something like that. But uh, it's a long road how I got here. It's it's just different. Well, tell me a little bit about that because I mean those are those first responders are really critical, but they come when there's a problem, and you've spent your career making sure there isn't a problem. I have. I have. Um, that's the biggest goal is to make sure that everything's safe and that there is no problems. I started out uh, I started out as a mechanic and I didn't like the perception, the public perception of mechanics mm. at, at the time, you know, in the 80s and stuff. It was like there was a negative connotation to being a mechanic. You know, people thought they were scamming you or sure. shooting you. Yep. And I really didn't like that. And I got into it by starting out working on my mom's car. <laughs> you know, awesome. when I was a teenager. She couldn't find somebody that, that she trusted to do it. And uh, I worked at a gas station. Started there. Then I, obviously, I got certified, went to schooling, training. And I ended up at a local dealership here in town. And a friend of mine that I learned a lot from uh, at that dealership 
uh, left the dealership and he went to to work for a local school district here in town. And for a year, he bugged me, man, you got to come over here. This is really great. And so I went and I realized that it's an honorable career path. All you're doing is working for kids and making sure that you're putting the safest vehicle possible on the road. And it, that's what it's all about. So it, it wasn't about trying to upsell a customer mm-hmm. or, or do all those things. It was about making sure you did the job right. And that's all that mattered. Jack, I love your characterization of this as an honorable profession because we so depend on the individuals to have you know, personal integrity, to take care of safety, to really watch over our children. We're entrusting them with our children. So I love that you characterize it that way as an honorable profession. So what is it that draws people into this profession? Um, I think it's the same thing. We get to work and serve our kids and our community every day. You get to open that door and be the first person that student gets to see mm. that day. And you get to to say something, a, a greeting, a good morning, something to ensure that the rest of his day or her day is going to go great as well. You know, and when you make that connection, it's awesome. It's just a great feeling when you know you can af- affect a student like that and make that connection with them. And at the same time, you get to serve your community because it's such a needed position. Wow. I love your heart for this. As you work with drivers and dispatchers and paraprofessionals, I know you're getting daily doses of how important this is. But do you, do you think there's times maybe when, when those of us that just see the buses or depend on the bus, do we sometimes lose sight of the people that are behind the wheel? Um, a little bit. The, I think the public might see that. Uh, if you don't have a student on that bus, mm. <laughs> that's a good possibility. Uh, you know, it's just slowing me up kind of mood. If, it, if it's not your kid on that bus, you know, it's kind of just something that's in your way. But if you have your student on that bus, you realize that you have just put your kid in the safe hands of somebody. You just put your kid on the safest vehicle on the road today. That's right. And I think that parents do recognize that, and there's a lot of respect for that. I know that I do. As, as a leader in a school district, I know how vital it is. You and the team refer to yourselves as the driving force in education, and that is absolutely true. I love the clever wordplay, but I really love the meaning that there is a dependency on our transportation team that some of us take for granted, and I really appreciate that you don't take it for granted. Uh, you're out there committed to getting those students there in a way that's both actually physically safe, but it's also socially safe. Your drivers care about greeting those kids and and keeping the environment on the bus, uh, a healthy and productive environment. That takes a lot of coordination. I think it's, you know, getting all these buses and drivers and students to the right places at the right times. It's like, it's like rolling chess. You know, it's like chess with all these big yellow pieces. How do you coordinate a process with so many moving pieces? It's a ton of moving pieces, and it's my team. I have experts who have been doing this for years, and such as, as routing. Um, they know the area. They know the growth in this area. Mm-hmm. And the speed of the growth out here is just incredible. And, and that's all the talent of our routers trying to keep up with that growth. It is herding cats. It's <laughs> There's so many moving parts to it. Um, the dispatchers all have to know who's driving what bus just by the number of the bus wow. and and it, it takes like 
five or six months just to learn what, what drivers are in what buses. And wait then, a minute. <laughs> you just told me your system is so complex, it takes five or six months for your dispatchers to fully understand the system. Just by the, but just by the sound of the voice that's calling you. And they call in, you know, this is bus Bluetooth or bus 81, and they learn who that is and where they are just by the color of the bus. Wow. You know, and it, it's amazing <laughs> the work that the routers have done in that aspect where the colors of our buses also mean what zone they're in and the area that they're driving in. So just by telling me a bus number, I can almost tell you where that bus, what school that bus serves. Wow. You know. Jack, it's like your team are air traffic controllers, except instead of running two runways, they're running 133 square miles of, of roads and neighborhoods and school <laughs> pr properties. It is incredibly complex what y'all pull off. Right. And lately here with the with all the road construction in our area, it's been even more complex. We're looking at different changing routes on the fly. So a driver will call in and they close the road right in front of a school bus driver. Right. And uh, a school bus is not allowed to back up. They should not be backing up without uh, an adult behind them guiding them backwards. Mm -hmm. It's something um, that we try to never do is back up a school bus. That's when kids get hurt or accidents happen, I should say. So when you drive up and you're in a neighborhood and they just close the road in front of you and the last turn is 50 yards behind you, you have to back up. And you have to figure out where you're at. <laughs> right, right. So now you're not even going on your route anymore. You're trying to pick your next stop up on the door side so that you don't have your students crossing the streets. Um, that's another part of routing and uh, bus stop uh, mm -hmm. criteria to check uh, just to make bus stops safe. And then they have to get on the line with the dispatcher. The dispatcher has to figure out where they are and reroute them on the fly. And it's just hugely coordinated. It's amazing the amount of knowledge that everybody has to know to make sure that bus still shows up at that bus stop safely and on time. And even with those, all those construction things happening, we did really well through a lot of, a lot of what's just happened here recently. You know, I'm, I'm not just a colleague, Jack, but you know I've been a, a consumer or a user, a patron of District 49 Transportation, and you're right. You guys stay on top of an incredibly complex operation. You do it with a smile. You do it with a warm greeting, um, beginning of the day, and a fond farewell at the end of the day. That role of the driver in the student experience is critical. Can you tell me maybe about how your drivers see their, their social role, not just their, their mechanical logistical role, but their social role in bringing these, these children into the community? I think the first thing they do is they, they set expectations with their kids and, and how they drive their ship, you know. And in doing so, you know, there's, um, that's the first way to keep them all safe. And then the second mm -hmm. thing they do is they learn all their names. Right. <laughs> and, and that way you have that personal connection. Um, the driver really needs to focus on what's happening out the windshield mm -hmm. and not what's happening in the mirror. So when they, they're, and they're trained over every, I think it's every 17 seconds, 
uh, I shouldn't speak for a trainer, <laughs> but to look in that mirror at least every 17 seconds to make wow. sure what's happening behind them is safe inside the bus so that somebody's not getting picked on or jumping seats or throwing something out the window mm-hmm. or whatever those behaviors are. <laughs> and uh, Jack, that's amazing. I know when I was primarily a classroom teacher, I'm standing in the front of the room and I'm looking out at maybe 30 students. I never had to think about looking behind myself. I never had to have eyes in the back of the head, but your drivers literally have to be aware of 360 degrees um, of activity, and they've, they've got to track traffic, weather, road conditions, and, of course, manage and operate the vehicle. They are noble. And on top of all that, all of the complicated thought work and physical work that your team does, you're also committed to making the holidays brighter. Can you tell us a little bit about this event that has been homegrown right out of the transportation team department? Tell us about the event that we call Santa's Toy Express. Well, Santa's Toy Express was an event, an idea created by one of our drivers. Uh, his name is R.J. Barry, and he's got the entire transportation staff mm-hmm. behind him and, and a lot of district personnel for that matter. It's an event where we get the names of five to eight-year-old students throughout the districts from counselors that have had uh, a hard circumstance in their life uh, over the past year. And it's, um, you know, like a deployed parent or a sick parent or a family member that died or or um, just mm-hmm. a really hard circumstance. Right. And we get those names from the counselors. And uh, on the, I, th- I believe it's the, always the first Saturday of December, uh, we, we go out. And we pick those kids up from their houses and we bring them back to transportation office and we serve them a great breakfast. Uh, egg, sausage, bacon, donuts, juice. Awesome. Uh, first thing we do is feed them. <laughs> and uh, and it's the R- uh, the District 49 ROTC students that actually serve the food for them. So, so we involve our own kids at helping our own kids, uh, serving our own students. Love that. We, yeah, me too. So then we feed them. And then we throw them back on a bus. We, we give them a $50 gift card. Uh, we attach them to a sponsor, a volunteer, or usually a district employee. And we take them shopping with that $50 gift card to Walmart for their family. So now this student is at Walmart and buying whatever they want for their family. Awesome. Their brothers, their sisters, their aunts, grandpa, you name it. They're only supposed to use $50, but sometimes the sponsors seem to help out with that. <laughs> <laughs> Jack, what I love about that is, you know what? Not only is the transportation team and, and others that surround that team um, as, as donors and volunteers, not only are you acting out compassion and generosity, but you're encouraging the children to develop those character traits. So what you're describing with Santa's Toy Express, it really is the best form of character development. Uh, I love that adults are taking these students on and and helping them have a bright season during a tough patch in their life. That is just incredibly admirable. Right. It really is. And if you're a Baja Humbug and you spend 20 20 to 30 minutes at Santa's Toy Express, by the end of that day, you will really have a spirit within you, um, the, the light and the joy that these kids get in their eyes. So they get back, t- we bring them back from Walmart, we wrap all their presents, and we feed them cookies, we feed them more breakfast, we do face paintings, and they make ornaments, and a magic show. We, we have this magician who does an excellent magic show, and then Santa shows up. On a, on a Falcon Fire Department fire truck. Awesome. Bells, whistles, the whole thing. We open up the, the bay doors in the garage, and, and all these kids, they go running out and just, uh, you know, 
big big hugs for Santa. And what they don't know is that while we're rotating them through all these ornaments and face paintings and the magic show and all these events and activities, then they're getting brought into a, a room with Santa that's all decorated. It's got a fireplace. Mr. Uh, Santa Claus and Mrs. Claus is there, a couple of elves, and they sit on Santa's lap. They tell Santa what he wants, and then Santa gives them this great big huge bag. So now you've got you've got this, you know, five to eight year old student who's you know three foot nothing, and he's carrying two garbage bags full of presents. One's for his family, and one's for him and he, or her, and he doesn't even know it. They get every student gets a brand new winter jacket, hat, gloves, coat, a, a brand new backpack for school. Um, there's a bunch of homemade wooden toys in there all kinds of things um, that any five to eight year old might need but we also have this angel tree that we let district employees pick a student's mm -hmm. name age and what they like right. and then an employee put goes out and buys them a special present that's also in that bag and they don't know that until they get home you know so it's the greatest thing to watch these kids how proud they are that they've they've got their family something and then the surprise and the joy in their eyes when they get all that that gift from from santa and uh, we load them on the bus and we bring them home jack what you are describing is just so loving you know this is adults taking care of children when they're in a tough place um, I really respect that. I admire it. I'm inspired by it. I'm sure that our listeners are as well. And I doubt that most people know that our humble bus driving team of dispatchers and drivers and paras and mechanics, that they have this amazing community outreach to children through Santa's Toy Express. What a what a great story. We're going to have to we're going to have to recycle this again next fall as we're ramping up to have another uh, the 21st uh, edition of Santa's Toy Express. Jack, I know that our drivers are doing everything they can to keep our children safe. But every now and then, members of our community get impatient, and they might maybe come around a bus that's got its stop arm out, or maybe they'll cut off a bus as it's moving through a carpool lane. And I know the bus drivers are doing their part. Can you give us some words of encouragement to help us in the community as drivers do our part to help keep our students safe? Um, I can beg and implore. <laughs> our community to pay attention to our buses drive slow around them kids are always around school buses and especially if you see the yellow hazard lights go on mm. you know that that bus is getting ready to stop and pick up kids and those kids could be crossing the street even yes. even if they're not supposed to be uh, a child can dart out from anywhere and they're just running to their school bus because they're late or or a situation like that, and it's the scariest thing you'll ever witness happen to you. It's <laughs> chokes me up. It's super scary. It's happened to me, and it's a child's life. So be patient. And I run on school buses, and as a director, I see it every day. A bus driver comes into my office, pounding on my desk, and because they're besides themselves because of a close call. And that's why we work as hard as we do about making sure that nothing does happen. Thank you, Jack. I really appreciate your raw energy and just the transparent emotion you have to keep our children safe. I wish I could clone you and, <laughs> and have more Jacks around because we need people that care that much about our children. Thank you for that. Thank you for giving me the opportunity to do it. 
uh, we work tirelessly at it. It's safety. It's our main goal is to get those kids to school safe and, and then on time. You know, I love the transportation department's engagement personification with Santa. And when I think about the other 364 days of the year, it really is like Santa is out there driving our students, keeping them safe, uh, giving them the gift of safe, reliable transportation so that they can get to schools, so they can learn, work, and lead and help us be the best choice. Jack Petrello, it has been a treat to spend time with you today. Um, to those in our community that rely on buses, we're grateful that you're here. To those of us that support our school transportation, we're grateful that you're here. And what that means ultimately is this whole community is blessed because you're here and we're grateful that you're here. So thank you for being a great part of District 49. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks for this opportunity today. Thank you for listening to the 49 Voices podcast. Find all of our episodes anywhere you find your podcasts and on our website at d49.org. We are always looking for topics to bring you, our listeners. If you have an idea, drop us a line anytime at info at d49.org. We'll be back soon with our next episode. And always remember, District 49 is the best choice to learn, work, and lead. We're the home of more than 30 distinct campuses where we launch every student to success in safe and welcoming learning environments. Wherever you want to go, D49 is a great place to start.